Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the book of Joshua with part one of this message entitled, When God Laughs, Watch Out, The Doctrine of Divine Judgment. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Joshua chapter 10. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. God, we pray, help us to know your scripture. Your word describes you not only as a God of compassion, which you are, you are a God of great compassion, but also you are a God who by no means will clear the guilty. God is a judge as well as a savior. St. Paul tells us to understand both the kindness and the severity of God. Help us to have a true understanding of our God that we may rejoice with trembling, that we may work out our salvation with fear and trembling. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. I would like to speak to you from Joshua chapter 10 through 12. And we title this, When God Laughs, Watch Out. We may wonder what relevance these chapters have for us, the New Testament believers. If you are wondering about that, let me tell you from the scripture, these things are written St. Paul tells us to teach us so that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. Elsewhere St. Paul tells us these things are written speaking about the entire Old Testament these things are written for our warning. St. Paul tells us again in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16. These things are written for our teaching, rebuke, correction, and instruction in righteous living. That the man of God may be thoroughly equipped, furnished to do good works. So it is very relevant. The entire Old Testament is very relevant. Now we ask the question, what is specifically taught in these chapters, Joshua 10 through 12? Now let me tell you what it is teaching. It is teaching a doctrine that modern preachers and modern churches largely have abandoned. It is the teaching revealed in the Westminster Confession of Faith chapter 33 which is the last chapter this is a early 17th century document chapter 33 it speaks about of the last judgment 
So let us read. God hath appointed a day wherein he will judge the world in righteousness by Jesus Christ to whom all power and judgment is given of the Father. In which day not only the apostate angels shall be judged but likewise all persons that have lived upon the earth shall appear before the tribunal of Christ to give an account to their thoughts words and deeds and to receive according to what they have done in the body whether good or evil the end of God's appointing this day is for the manifestation of the glory of his mercy in the eternal salvation of the elect and of his justice that is and the manifestation of the glory of his justice in the damnation of the reprobate who are wicked and disobedient for then shall the righteous go into everlasting life and receive that fullness of joy and refreshing which shall come from the presence of the Lord. But the wicked who know not God and obey not the gospel of Jesus Christ shall be cast into eternal torments and be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. As Christ would have us to be certainly persuaded that there shall be a day of judgment both to deter all men from sin and for the greater consolation of the godly in their adversity so will he have that day unknown to men that they may shake off all carnal security and be always watchful because they know not at what hour the Lord will come and may be ever prepared to say come Lord Jesus come quickly Amen so today many Christians see God as loving and kind a grandfather like figure who never judges or punishes anyone so also many today believe that one can be a Christian if one just accepts Jesus into his life one does not need to repent of his sins at all one can have the cake and eat it too you can have Jesus and sin in olden times one has to repent of his sins in olden times we used to hear Jesus came to save us from our sins that Jesus died on the cross for our sins that Jesus made us holy like him 
but we have come a long way from that time theology is changing modern man likes a Jesus who lets him sin and not judge him at all Joshua 10 through 12 refutes this false teaching Orthodox Christianity always taught of a final judgment. It taught of Christ's holiness as well as love. Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. And he is Savior because he is sovereign Lord. So let's look at the scripture. We are told that God endured the wickedness of the Canaanites for 400 years. God was patient with them. But they showed, as Paul says in Romans 2, contempt for the riches of his kindness, not realizing that God's kindness is to lead one to repentance. Their unrepentant heart was storing up wrath against the day of wrath. And so Joshua was finally commissioned when their iniquity was full. He was finally commissioned to pour out God's wrath upon them. God of the scriptures is a moral God. We are told that he is light and in him there is no darkness at all. He, this moral God, punishes sin in due time. In history and beyond history. Our God is a God of kindness and severity. Romans 11 and verse 22. Just recall the flood that we read about in the book of Genesis. Which wiped out, we are told, all humanity except eight who were saved through the ark. There we see both the kindness of God and the severity of God. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 7 and chapter 20 gave instruction to Moses and to Joshua what they should do to the Canaanites. And Joshua was to show no mercy but to destroy see we don't like to hear it but that's our problem because we have become acclimated to worldly ideas of who God is and what sin is and what man is he was to show no mercy but to destroy all the Canaanites Everyone who breathed the severity 
of divine judgment after 400 years of patience even so God has appointed man we are told once to die and then comes the day of judgment but today is the day of grace it is the day of salvation for everyone and man is to repent and turn to Jesus Christ that he may be saved from the coming wrath we are told in Romans 1 and verse 18 the wrath of God is being revealed against all godlessness and unrighteousness of men who suppress truth in unrighteousness I said when God loves watch out so let's turn to the book the book of Psalms Psalms 2 where you see a laughing God and let me read to you why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain the kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one against his messiah and what are these people saying these leaders these kings these powerful people of the world who were too worship God and serve him and be subject to him what are they saying let us break their chains you see the law of God is seen as chains and they say and throw off their fetters let us be independent of God let us declare independence from God and from his law and verse 4 the one enthroned in heaven laughs the Lord scoffs at them then he rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath and look at verse 10 and 11 and 12 therefore you kings be wise be warned you rulers of the earth serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling kiss the son lest he be angry and you be destroyed in your way for his wrath can flare up in a moment blessed are all those who take refuge in him but now we have a God who is separated from his wrath and justice and holiness we have made him painted him as a a grandfatherly figure who never gets angry always loves us no matter what so I want to say a few things number one the Canaanites heard the truth of the kingdom of God how Joshua is advancing the kingdom of God is coming with power Let's turn to Joshua chapter 10 and verse 1. Now Adoni Zedek, king of Jerusalem, he was the ringleader in the south, heard that Joshua had taken I and so on. Heard it. 
That is the kingdom of God is advancing. Joshua is defeating everybody. He has destroyed Jericho, destroyed I, and he is moving forward. That's what we hear. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent or perish. This is the gospel. They heard it. Turn to chapter 11. In terms of the northern confederacy. When Jabin, he was the ringleader. His name means the brilliant one, the smart aleck. When Jabin, king of Hazor, heard of this, he heard too. Have you heard the gospel? And what have you done about it? The Canaanite kings heard of the advance of the kingdom of God in power. They heard how Joshua and all Israel destroyed completely Jericho and I. They also heard how the Gibeonites surrendered to Joshua. And sued for peace and obtained peace. We read that in Joshua chapter 9 and, and verse 26. So Joshua saved them. Joshua is Savior as well as Lord who will judge. But here Joshua saved the Gibeonites. So these confederacies, south and north, they heard it. Yet the kings of the south under the leadership of Adoni Zedek of Jerusalem refused to surrender. That's what is happening even today. When the gospel is preached, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Vast majority of people, they would harden their heart and oppose him. They refused to surrender, but became stubborn and decided to attack the Gibeonites. The northern kings also did the same under the leadership of Jabin, the king of Hazor. Hazor was the most prominent city in all of Canaan. They refused to surrender. They refused to sue for peace. They refused to call themselves servants of Joshua. They refused to pray to him and say, have mercy upon us, we are sinners. And I believe had they done so, God would have spared them. Even so, the gospel call today is repent for the kingdom of God is advancing. Repent or perish, said Jesus Christ. Rahab, remember, she heard and she repented. She and her entire family were saved. Even so, also the Gibeonites surrendered. And Joshua saved them from certain death. Listen to the language of the Gibeonites. Let's turn to chapter 9, verse 24. They answered, Joshua, you were servants. This is the real truth. Your servants were clearly told how the Lord your God had commanded his servant Moses to give you the whole land. And to wipe out all its inhabitants from before you. 
so we feared for our lives because of you and that is why we did this we are now in your hands do to us whatever seems good and right to you and they were saved turn to chapter 11 of Joshua let me read verse 19 except for the Hivites living in Gibeon that's the Gibeonites not one city made a treaty of peace with the Israelites who took them all in battle for it was the Lord himself who hardened their hearts to wage war against Israel so that he might destroy them totally exterminating them without mercy as the Lord had commanded Moses think about it when the gospel is being preached and your heart is hardened instead of softening it is hardened then it may be divine determination that you may be destroyed Pharaoh hardened and he was destroyed and all others hardened and they were destroyed and if God's Holy Spirit is working in your heart and softening you and leading you to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ you shall be saved so examine your own mind and heart second not only they heard it they hardened their heart though the southern and northern confederations had heard the advance of the kingdom of God though they heard of its power its destruction its salvation they did not surrender but hardened their hearts children what what about you teenagers whoever you are what about you what is happening right now as you are hearing the gospel is your heart softening or hardening think about it they would rather fight against God and hope to win in spite of the news of total devastation taking place they would harden their hearts and fight and hope to win but God laughs God who is enthroned in heaven laughs at such people he mocks them God himself fought against them the ringleader of the north king of Hazor was called Jabin the brilliant one but the scripture says where is the wise man where is the scholar where is the philosopher of this world has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world 1 Corinthians 1.20 God destroys the wisdom of the wise to them the message of the cross is foolishness Adoni, Sedek and Jabin the wise man decided to oppose Joshua and Israel let's find out what happened did they win no they didn't Joshua and Israel won the Lord won the captain of the Lord's army won and we are told this this terrible story of the utter extermination of the arrogant Canaanites in all 
of Canaan. So they heard, they hardened. Number three, they were hanged. Chapter 10, verse 8, God is speaking to Joshua. <laughs> oh, you see, Joshua, I want you to shake in your boots. Is that what it is? The Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand against you. God laughs. The one who is enthroned in heaven is not shaking in his boots. He is the only sovereign Lord. He laughs. He mocks. He opposes the arrogant. You arrogant, unbelieving person wants to declare independence from God who looks upon God's law as fetters and chains when in truth God's law is given to us for our life and liberty and freedom. Chapter 11, verse 6. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them, because by this time tomorrow I will hand all of them over to Israel slain. You are to hamstring their horses and burn their chariots. This is God speaking. You see, all of a sudden, we must understand we have to change our conception of God. We have been listening too long to the foolish understanding of God from the church. We must read the scriptures. We must find out who God is in terms of how he revealed himself in the Holy Scriptures. Let's turn to chapter 10 and verse 11. Listen to what we are told. And as they fled, the, the, this coalition forces, these arrogant people, as they fled, oh, you opposed God. You thought you could win, and they are fleeing. They fled. As they fled before Israel on the road down from Beth Horon to Azekah, the Lord, take a look at it. The Lord hurled large hailstones down on them from the sky. That was a miracle. There are many miracles. One is large hailstones. Who did it? The Lord hurled large hailstones down on them from the sky. And notice, more of them died from the hailstones than were killed by the swords. Oh, 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 the severity of God. Hey, kid, your father told you how you should live. And you mocked him. You despised him. You disobeyed him. You went and did it again. You are not mocking him. You are mocking the living God. And be warned of his severity. Be warned of his severity. There we are told, the Lord hurled down large hailstones and he killed more than Israel did with their own swords. Israel killed them by their swords and the Lord killed them by hailstones. All of a sudden these arrogant five kings what are they doing? They are running for their lives. They hid themselves in a cave in Makeda, we are told. 
See, they went into the cave. Hey, we know a cave. And God is not going to find us in the cave. What type of stupid theology that is. Everything stands naked before God. He knows all things. Where can I go from his presence? There is no place that will hide you. So they were brought out, we are told, and thrown down to the dust. They told him, lie down on the dust. And Joshua called the leaders and said, come in here and put your feet upon their necks. This is the public humiliation of these arrogant people to boost the morale of God's own people. Now that was not the end of it. It's not too bad to lie down in the dust and eat some, some dust for a few seconds. No. That's not the end of it, you arrogant, unbelieving person who opposed the gospel and Christ and his rule and his reign and his kingdom. What else did he do? Joshua, we are told, struck them and killed them. The five kings who gathered together in arrogance against the advance of the kingdom of God, hoping against hope that they could finally defeat Joshua. Joshua is told to obey the scripture and the scripture in Deuteronomy 21. Let's turn to it and read the instruction uh, given uh, to Joshua. Deuteronomy 21, beginning with verse 22, if a man guilty of a capital offense is put to death and his body is hung on a tree, you must not leave his body on the tree overnight. So what did they do? He killed them and then impaled them on trees, hang them on trees because they are cursed people. And then they were taken down and put them in the cave in which they hid. It became their tomb. What are we thinking? We can do lawlessness, get away with it, and there won't be any punishment, any reaction from God. And not only that, I want to read to you. I want your eyeballs to look at some of the scriptures I'm going to tell you. And you see, it is important that we must work out our salvation with fear and what? Trembling. We are living at a time when Jesus is pictured as one who will not manifest severity. He is always nice and kind and huggable. I hope that you will have a different view of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is both severe and kind. So let's turn to chapter 10 and verse 28. This is speaking about the people of the city called Makeda. That day Joshua took Makeda, he put the city and its king to the sword and totally destroyed everyone in it. He left no survivors. This is exactly what God wanted them to do as 
revealed in Deuteronomy 7 and Deuteronomy 20. The severity. When you refuse to soften your heart. And when you refuse to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You prove yourself to be a candidate to experience the severity of God. Here and hereafter. Turn to another city called Libna. Chapter 10 verse 30. Then Joshua and all Israel with him moved on from Makeda to Libna. The city and everyone in it Joshua put to the sword. He left no survivors. Now we are talking about men, women, children. It is done not by anybody else but by God himself. I will prove it to you. He moves on to another city, Lachish, uh, chapter 10 and verse uh, 32. The Lord handed Lachish over to Israel and Joshua took it on the second day, the city and everyone in it. He put to the sword just as he had done to Libna. And go on and you can read Gezer. Chapter 10, verse 33, Eglon. Chapter 10, verse 35, Hebron. Chapter 10, verse 37, Debir. Chapter 10, verse 39 and 40. And then the Northern Coalition. Chapter 11, 6 and 9. And let's turn to Hazor. The most important city in all of Canaan was Hazor. Let's turn to chapter 11 and verse 11. And here we are told, verse 10 and 11, at that time Joshua turned back and captured Hazor and put its king to the sword. Hazor had been the head of all these kingdoms. Everyone in it, they put to the sword. They totally destroyed them, not sparing anything that breathed. And not only that, they set Hazor on fire as they did Jericho and I. They didn't set every city on fire, but they did burn Hazor what about this the spies the ten spies remember they came and reported about this tall people called Anakim they said they said we cannot attack numbers 13 31 through 33 we cannot attack it is a land that devours people we cannot attack. They are very tall, 13 feet, 6 inches. And here is 13 feet, 6 inches, Anakim. They are tall people. You cannot destroy them. They destroy us. We are seen as grasshoppers in their eyes. And they murmured against God, and God decided to kill them in the wilderness, and everyone was killed. Well, let's see what happened to these Anakim. Chapter 11, verse 21 and 22. At that time, Joshua went and destroyed the Anakites from the hill country, from Hebron, Debir, and Anab, from all the hill country of Judah, and from all the hill country of Israel. Joshua totally destroyed them and their towns. No problem. It is not Joshua. It is not Israel. It is the captain of the Lord's army. The Lord himself is coming against everyone who will oppose him. Have you ever thought about that when you disobeyed your mother and father? Or your teacher or somebody else? 
The next point is they were hanged, meaning they were destroyed, but they were destroyed by the Lord himself. It's not Joshua and Israel getting all crazy and going and, and committing genocide. No, it was the Lord who committed genocide. When his patient ran out after 400 years, when they persisted in living in sin, it is his right to judge. And he did pour out his judgment. Have we sufficiently appreciated the biblical teaching that Jesus is Lord? He is Savior and Lord. He is Savior because he is Lord. Lord means sovereign. He has all authority in heaven and on earth. To the Athenian intellectuals, St. Paul said in Acts 17, in the past God overlooked such ignorance, that is ignorance of idolatry. But now he begs, pleads, is that what it is? Now he commands all people everywhere. There is only one Savior, one God, and one Lord of all the earth. Commands all people everywhere. To do what? To repent. And then he said, for he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice. By the man he has appointed and he has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. Well, resurrection is the proof that God is going to judge you by the one whom he raised from the dead. No one else is the judge. Jesus Christ alone is the judge. And he's going to judge all people everywhere in his universe without exception. This Jesus the judge shall declare when he returns. He shall judge and declare to the wicked, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. That's what Westminster Confession spoke in the last chapter. Then they will go away to eternal punishment. And John says into the lake of fire. In this company of the wicked shall be many professing but false Christians who believed in a salvation without repentance and without saving faith. But the foolish preachers are telling them, just accept him and carry on in with your sin. Just accept him. The man, this Jesus wants to be accepted. You know, please accept me. Please accept me. I'm not going to tell you anything to change your life or belief or anything. Just accept me. I am suffering from infinite insecurity. Just accept me. Just accept me. St. Paul tells us in Romans 2, this will take place on the day when God judges men's secrets through Jesus Christ as my gospel declares. See, the Bible presents this Lord as a mighty warrior. 
Exodus 15 verse 3. And you look at Exodus 14, it was the Lord who fought against the Egyptian hordes and defeated them. Turn to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 20 where he is he tells us this truth about his coming to fight. Deuteronomy 20 verse 4 for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you what to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. Let me tell you if you oppose the Lord Jesus Christ he will fight against you and he will win. We are told in Joshua 5 verse 13 through 15 that Joshua happened to see one with a drawn sword who revealed himself as the captain of the Lord's army who reveals himself as God. Take off your shoes for the ground you stand upon is holy ground. It is the Lord himself comes to fight against you. Fight against every unbeliever. So let me prove it to you from some scriptures. Turn to chapter 10. Verse 10. If you know subject, object, verb and all that in the sentence, English sentence, it's good to <laughs> look at all that. Tell me, what is the subject of verse 10? What is it? The Lord, the Lord, the covenant Lord, the infinite personal God, self-existing, self-sufficient, almighty God. It's not just Joshua, it's not the preacher, it's not the father, it's not the mother, it's not the government. No, they are simply delegated authorities. It is the Lord threw them into panic. This mocking people, this confident people, these mighty people they thought. God threw them into panic, into confusion. Let's turn to chapter 10 and verse 11. It says, the Lord hurled the large hailstones and killed them. Who did it? The Lord. the Lord. Look at chapter 10 verse 12. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel. Who did it? The Lord. You have a problem, kid? You have a problem? With me? With your mother? With your father? With that teacher? No, you don't have a problem with us. You have a problem with the Lord. Chapter 10 verse 19. But don't stop, pursue your enemies, attack them from the rear and don't let them reach their cities. What? For the Lord your God has given them into your hand. And you go home and read chapter 10 verse 32, chapter 10 verse 42, chapter 11 verse 6 and 8. Chapter 11, verse 20, and so on. And you find it was the Lord who hanged them. Those who heard but hardened their heart were hanged. 
by the Lord Himself. We need to shed this wrong theology from our heads. We need to be brought into reality. And then we fear Him. We rejoice with trembling. We work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We will understand His kindness as well as severity. He could have used severity to me, but He showed me kindness. And forevermore I will serve Him and love Him and follow Him. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, do us one thing. Adjust our thinking about who you are. That we may know both the kindness and the severity of God. That we may repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That we may serve you and worship you all of life with great delight and joy. For you could have destroyed us, but you saved us. And thank you for this great salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio, a part one of this message entitled, When God Laughs, Watch Out, The Doctrine of Divine Judgment. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.